Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, the CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, the NWSL final group stage concluded for Challenge Cup. We're going to give you all a recap of that. Which teams are moving on into the semis and which teams are looking ahead of the regular season? we got a lot to get through, but before we get into all that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all news and updates at Attacking Third. We also have a TikTok now and an Instagram, so follow us across all three platforms at Attacking Third for highlights, cool graphics, breaking news, and so much more. If you're joining us live on YouTube, welcome. Join the conversation in the chat. It's early, but we thought, hey, let's uh, get a cup of Joe or a cup of whatever morning brew that you drink and and just go through this in, in the daylight instead of the darkness of NWSL after dark. Lisa, how are you doing today this morning? I'm good. I mean, we finished group play in the Challenge Cup, so I'm excited about that. We get to look forward to not only the Challenge Cup semifinals and final to come, but the regular season. But we can't do that yet because so much happened this weekend on the pitch, off the pitch in the NWSL that we get to chat about. And I like doing this in the morning with you. It's a shame we couldn't go live last night, but it's all right. We got some people here with us live this morning. So that is great to hear. We've got I've got my coffee avid coffee drinker over here so I've got my coffee I'll be sipping on that this morning um but I'm I'm ready to chat about it with you Sandra how are you this lovely Monday morning I'm doing all right I'm doing okay I'm saying I'm, I'm showing off the Star Wars mug this morning uh having the caffeine in that ready to go for myself and and honestly I'm really hyped about it I think having like a night to sort of rest on it and then like wake up and still be like really excited about everything that happened over the weekend and get excited to talk about some things because there were some some moments throughout some of these matches where it's kind of like uh gonna have to talk about this with Lisa and all the listeners on attacking third and you know Let's just dive right into it since everyone is so cool and joining us this morning and, and already we can see that the that the chat is live with us. So thanks, everybody, for being here. And we're going to just start getting into the content of everything. Uh, let's go. Let's just say the winners who are moving on and then we'll go into the matches here. North Carolina Courage, OL Rain, Kansas City Current and the Washington Spirit are all moving on to the NWSL Challenge Cup semifinals 
took a little while for maybe the semifinal, you know, a semifinalist to sort of get, you know, their tickets punched to the next round. But I love that. I love that there are scenarios in the NWSL in which you just got to wait till the last day of matches to see how things are going to be looking. But this means that uh, we've got the final four moving on and uh, semifinals are going to be taking place on May 4th. It's very exciting, of course, it all coming down to the very last game on Sunday night. That kickoff was at uh, 9 o'clock, so it was Angel City versus Portland, and there were implications in that very last match. Um, When you look at the slate over the weekend, three matches on Saturday, three matches on Sunday, we could have had a lot of more results determined on Saturday, but it was draw, draw. Yep draw. <laughs> so there's some results were made North Carolina versus Washington that came to a draw, which meant that North Carolina was through, but it didn't knock off Washington spirit completely. And then between San Diego wave and OL rain, that game was also a draw. So OL rain heading into this final group stage weekend was already into the semifinals, whether they were the number one seed or yep. the number four seed. Yep. However, if they won against San Diego, they would have clinched the number one seed Saturday evening. And that would have changed the games for Sunday. However, that didn't happen. They draw one, one with San Diego wave and it, that number one spot is still up for grabs in the rest in the West region. There was just so many moving parts. It was incredibly exciting. The games were spread out so you could watch them all. I really enjoyed this weekend. If this is any glimpse of what the NWSL regular season is going to look like, we are in for such a special treat, Sandra, because these games were really fun, really exciting. We saw surprises up until the very last minute, the very last game, let's be honest. Um, but we get to to dive in and chat all about it. But North Carolina Courage, OL Rain, Kansas City Current, Washington Spirit, all moving on. The rest of the teams, they just prepare for their regular season. They are out of the cup finals and semifinals. Well, we'll talk more about it and a look ahead to what's going to happen next in NWSL action. But we got to talk about some of these games uh, a little bit to, to sort of discuss and, and what sort of shook out and how this these final four uh, was determined, the semifinalists and how they got to where they got. Let's take a look at uh, some winners and losers <laughs> this weekend, quite frankly. We had all 12 teams, six matches going uh, across uh, two days over the weekend. Let's start in the central because i know when this challenge cup tournament started lisa you and i were keeping our eye on the central really all the teams but there was there's just something about the collection of teams in this central region where we were just sort of like this is one that we're gonna have to keep our eye on and we were really high on kansas city current over the offseason we wanted to see some of the stuff that they were doing in their offseason maybe translate to the pitch a little Mm -hmm. bit and hopefully see some growth and some success there for this franchise coming off of a, a pretty impressive late second half of their 2021 season and here we are in Challenge Cup, and they're a semifinalist. So we have Kansas City Current versus Chicago Red Stars playing out 2-1, a win in favor of the Current. Some things that were at stake in this one, Chicago Red Stars had to win out. They had to win out, and in order to advance, they the only option they had was to win against Kansas City Current in order to advance in the semifinals. Fortunately, that didn't happen in this one. Some injuries, uh, you know, were, were kind of the, the storyline in this one as well. No Haley Mace for Kansas City Current. Mal Pugh for Red Stars, unavailable with concussion protocol. And I think with this one, 
I think folks were, uh, I think maybe we knew we weren't going to get like some high octane type of match, mm-hmm. but there was something, there's something about of uh, a, a more methodical kind of match, I think for me when I'm watching soccer that I just enjoy watching it play out. And I don't, I, I'm not sure if people who are watching this game maybe expected there to be kind of a two, one scoreline, but there was, and it was in favor of the current. So congrats to the current on locking up the central. And moving on to the semifinal. Lisa, what were our picks in this one? What did you get out of this game? So you had picked Chicago Red Stars to win. I had picked Kansas City to win. Um, This game, you're right, it was a little bit methodical in the play, which we have seen from Chicago in the past. That's really what they are. Whereas a team like Kansas City, as fans, as analysts, we're still trying to feel out exactly what type of team they are. Last year, under Hugh Williams, first year in the league, they had a lot of growth to do. And now throughout this Challenge Cup, we are learning that Kansas City is a pretty versatile team. They can push in transition. They can do a high press. They have really lethal threats in Kristen Hamilton up top. She should have had two, three goals in this match. Um, Huge, huge shout out to Alyssa Nair, goalkeeper for Chicago Red Stars, because Nair had a fantastic match. What injury? No injury. She has come back stronger and better than ever. Five saves for her in this match. Um, as I mentioned, Kansas City probably could have had two or three more goals if it wasn't for Alyssa Nair in goal. Also interesting, the other goalkeeper, Kansas City, had Cassie Miller in goal, who former Chicago yeah. Red Stars goalkeeper really? played a lot of last season due to Alyssa Nair's injury, traded in the offseason and gets her first minutes with Kansas City. I think Cassie Miller had a good performance as well, um, uh, being in goal for Kansas City. This was first half and second half. The second half was oh, much yeah. better for, for Kansas City, and it was a much better game in the second half overall. There was a little bit more intensity. that You could tell that these teams realized there was only 45 minutes left, and there was a lot on the line at this point. Um, so it, it was 0-0, tied at halftime, and all the goals coming in the second, second half. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think it was one of these. It was one of these games where it almost sort of felt like it got stronger, right? For for both sides as as the as the match went on. There loved the kind of. I don't think people again another another match. Where I don't think people anticipated this was going to be perhaps a, a goalkeeper's battle. But I loved watching this game from Alyssa Nair and Cassie Miller going head to head. I think that was one of the storylines coming out of this match versus going into this game. Alyssa Nair having a, a really good Challenge Cup uh, for for the Red Stars and almost looking stronger and, and faster post her uh, post her, in, her Olympic injury. Um, right. Really good on the ball uh, in terms of her distribution and, and almost seems a bit quicker off her, her line. Um, maybe, maybe something to do with, with the, you know, different type of, of rehabbing and exercises that you do from an injury like that. But like you said, Cassie Miller as well, you know, she pretty much was the starting goalkeeper for the Red Stars last year after Nair went out. So it's watching these two kind of go head to head, I thought was kind of an exciting component to come out of that second half. And I also just liked watching these two teams just get a run out there with, with who the personnel that they had, you know, the red stars with a a very hefty, a kind of IR and then having a player like Haley Mace unavailable alongside someone like a Mewis or, or or Williams that, you know, has, is, is unavailable um, for this match. I think I like, these two teams going head to head, playing their adjustments, looking at, at their challenge cup as a whole, because for one, for one team, the Red Stars challenge cup is done. And then you have the, the current who are going to be moving on, but I'm looking at these two teams 
and just sort of looking at where they were around this time last year, these two teams did not have a good Challenge Cup no. in 2021. Um, we're talking bottom, uh, you know, bottom of the table, you know, last and second to last uh, in terms of how these quote unquote divisions were split up last year was just two. Um, and even though it was just two groups, you had these two teams struggle in this challenge cup and not have a lot of we saw lack of ideas, lack of creativity, uh, just, you know, two teams that were struggling to sort of iron out their identity I think on the pitch yeah. it's not the case for these two teams going forward now in, in 2022 we obviously saw two different stories last year we saw Kansas City continue to struggle and the Red Stars end up going all the way to the NWSL championship final but to see these two teams kind of have this these performances that they've had in this division out of this uh, Challenge Cup I think is is very impressive and I love that it came down to the final match to these two teams in the central region me too, because this match was phenomenal. I mean, diving into the second 45 minutes of this game is when everything changed. Matt Potter for Kansas City made some substitutions. Alex Suera came on for Kansas City, replacing Izzy Rodriguez, who Rodriguez had a good first half, but it was just getting a different look. Alex Suera, who has played center back mostly for Kansas City throughout this Challenge Cup, was placed a little bit higher up the pitch. On the outside, yeah. she had a little Maybe. bit more freedom to move into the attacking end of the field. And what a decision by Matt Potter to do that because Luera gets the opening goal 48 minutes into this match or so. A tremendous strike from Luera outside the box. It is a picture perfect. The shot is everything. Yeah. And you thought that, well, I thought watching this game that the momentum would shift and Kansas City would have the upper hand. They would continue to control the game, but that was not the case at all. Chicago responds just a few minutes later. Bianca St. George's, she gets the equalizer. It is a beautiful cross into the box. It's almost fumbled around a little bit. Uh, Bianca is the one to touch it. And it does find the back of the net, but it was this beautiful curled ball towards the back post. That's incredibly hard to defend. Cassie Miller doesn't come out and, and get it, which maybe she should have looking back at that and rewatching the replay, but a great job by Bianca St. George's to be on the back post and tap it in. Um, but Kansas city continued to shine. I think Kristen Edmonds had a fantastic game for Kansas city. We saw her in different parts of the pitch than we have earlier in the challenge cup. And we know that Edmonds can play everywhere. She, saved a goal off the end line nearly. Yeah. It was with her head. This is Edmonds is just really fun to watch, especially when she gets going. But um, our chat's blowing up about this, Sandra. And it, I would be remiss if I didn't discuss Elise Bennett because oh, man. the Kansas City player in Elise Bennett. Breakout. A breakout player. She has breakout. done so well throughout this challenge. Absolutely. She hasn't been a shining bright star. She's not getting huge goals. She's not super instrumental in the attacking plays. If we were playing, if we were doing hockey, it's the second assist. That's where Elise Bennett comes in. She's so instrumental in setting up the play that leads to the goal that happens. She ends up getting two assists in this match for Kansas City. This second goal coming from Kristen Hamilton in the 76th, 77th minute. Um, but Elise Bennett, she does. Yeah. She did such a great job of owning this game as a rookie. Yeah. She, she should it really almost to herself. It almost felt like all of the the work that she's been doing for this team prior to this particular match 
kind of kind of finally paid off like she was laying yes. all of this groundwork to sort of have this type of moment and, and this type of game you know walking away with the the two assists versus some of the other games where we just saw her her just relentless engine to just kind of keep working and working and working um in terms of being able to kind of be part of this attack with with Kansas City but uh yeah absolute breakout for me in terms of players that I'm looking for throughout Challenge Cup who kind of have utilized this tournament to make mm-hmm. a little bit of a, of a name for themselves uh I I enjoyed watching her play throughout this tournament I'm excited to see what what something like a semi-final environment is going to bring out of a young rookie like Bennett for for the current I think they're going to they're going to need her, uh, obviously, uh, going up uh, against uh, North Carolina. And I'm sure we'll talk more about those individual matchups when we do decide to do our preview of that. But uh, I, I thought this like a tale of two halves for this game. And I think people initially maybe in that first I thought it might not have played out the way that it did, but an exciting ha- second half to kind of close things out here. Congrats to Kansas City locking up the central region moving forward. We're going to stay in the central region, quite frankly. It's all Midwest bias here right now at the top of the hour uh houston dash versus racing louisville this was a match that we didn't necessarily have uh circled into or highlighted in terms of biggest matches to watch over the weekend but some of the action that was coming out of this was pretty exciting houston dash versus racing louisville another match that had some key players missing mm-hmm. in this one no mcdonald no all of some for for racing louisville so i was a little curious how this team was going to look, but we saw some end-to-end action going in this one. But uh, the, the win goes to uh, to Houston to close out their Challenge Cup final two-one in this one, with the dash taking all three points over Louisville. What what did you uh, see out of this game, Lisa? All the goals coming in the first half for yep. this one, and honestly, the goals were were goals. I mean, a goal is a goal. It's hard to score. Congrats to the players that are scoring goals. But all three of the goals that came in this match, two for Houston, one for Racing Louisville, were mistakes that the opponents capitalized on. The opening goal, Nichelle Prince uh, nets this for Houston Dash, but it's a misplay out of the back by Racing Louisville. I I don't know what Harris was doing. I don't know, uh, or excuse me, what Bloomer was doing, playing this out of the back. Lester then tries to dribble around Nichelle Prince. Um, That doesn't happen. Prince strips her and buries the shot. A great job by her. Then the second goal that, was to come came by racing Louisville Jalen Howe we got to give her a shout out the rookie for racing Louisville she gets her first goal um this was a, a set piece it was this mistake from goalkeeper Smith or excuse me Harrison goal and she tries to punch it out but she doesn't get it cleanly and it bounces to Howe's feet and Howe strikes it beautifully so Honestly, a second mistake there coming from the goalkeeper for Houston Dash. And then on the third goal that was scored, Houston getting the game winner, it was Louisville goalkeeper mistake. Jordan Bloomer, uh, the rookie out of uh, University of Wisconsin. Bloomer gets her first start. She gets her first minutes. And this goal is bobbled a little bit. I believe Allie Prysock is the one who is awarded this goal. We weren't sure if it was an own goal at first or kind of what happened, but really it was bad clearances on the defensive end, some goalkeeper mistakes, some defensive mistakes that led to all three of these goals. But this this game wasn't on our radar ahead of the weekend because neither of these teams were going to yeah. make it to the semifinals. And both of these teams have been really inconsistent throughout this challenge cup. I still don't think offensively we saw a lot of consistency from either racing Louisville yeah. 
or Houston Dash. However, they were able to capitalize on their opponent's mistakes and Louisville just made more mistakes that Houston yeah. was able to jump on. And that's kind of what this game boiled down to at the end of it. Yeah. I think when, when we were doing our previews of the matches, we were, obviously we had our eyes on certain matches that we knew were going to have implications in terms of what it was going to look like for the semifinals moving forward. But there were also matches that we were looking at and put them in a segment in a category where we wanted to see a strong finish from certain teams in this challenge cup. And I think if you're, Looking at this match, Houston Dash racing Louisville, a little bit of the end-to-end action, missing some players. I think you're you're looking at this match and you say, okay, we want it to end on on you know a high level type of game, and that's what I think a lot of fans got out of this. And, and it looked like this is what the players got out of this uh, as well, especially kind of towards that final 20 minutes. I think uh, of this match where it just really was like, everyone was just kind of like, let's, let's get out there and just try some stuff and see, and see what happens. Right. No, no Jane Campbell in this one in net for, for Houston dash. I think that was something that people took note of as well. I mean, when it's the final game, why not try to give some minutes and spread spread them around a little bit? So I'm I'm eager to see what we're gonna see out of these two teams, in particular moving forward into the regular ceiling uh, season. I know for Houston, we are intrigued by their attack. Uh, having somebody like Rachel Daly, obviously, um, who's the face of of, the, of this franchise, somebody with Nichelle Prince, uh, Maria Sanchez, this kind of new look, but still kind of familiar attack. You know, these are all players that have some, some level of experience of playing with each other. So I'm hoping that that continues to develop over the course of the regular season. I think Maria Sanchez kind of reintroducing herself to the league a little bit through this Challenge Cup. Had a few, had had a game and, and, and moments throughout some other matches where she just kind of reminded everyone why she's on a two-year contract with Houston Dash and why they brought her back into the mix to try to be part of this Houston Dash side. And for racing, really appreciated uh, some of the play out of somebody like Lauren Malay. I think she's, this is someone who's also kind of built over the course of the Challenge Cup. I think she's going to be an essential piece for them moving forward. And, and obviously, Jalen Howell getting the goal in this one. I think you, you have to make note of that. But it's some exciting pieces here for both, uh, both sides of the ball, both of these teams. We'll see how it plays out in the regular season. We got one more to talk about in our winners and losers segment here. And this was a big, big game to sort of close out Challenge Cup weekend. Portland Thorns versus Angel City. Angel City hosting this finale. Some things that we got to talk about, though, Lisa, both ahead of this game, right? Maybe during this game and and what it means <laughs> that out, out of this game. But... I'll, I'll, and I'll put myself on blast because I was tweeting about it. I had feelings about it going into this match. But, you know, we get uh, injury reports or availability reports uh, ahead of these games. Um, and they're typically somewhere between, <laughs> let's say, 24 hours. That's ambitious. Or maybe 18 hours or 12 hours ahead of ahead of some of these matches. And something that we had noticed or was keeping an eye on leading up to this game was that the Portland Thorns uh, had several players who were unavailable in this match due to COVID protocol. Yeah. And uh, beat reporter uh, out of um, out of Portland on, on game day, quite frankly. Like, we're talking hours, just hours before this match actually kicked off. This is in between, I believe, the kickoff of this game and then 
during the Houston and Louisville game still taking place. But Ryan Clark of the Aragonian saying that the head coach, Ryan Wilkinson, also tested positive for COVID and was unavailable to be with the team for uh, that evening's match. And so you had five players unavailable. Four of who started Four of, starters. four of who are typical starters, and, and we have to highlight uh, a player like Sophia Smith, Hina Sagita, who's who was unavailable. You know, come, and this was a part of Brace. Sagita having a, a fantastic week prior. You know, so these are big, big players, and then you have a sixth person unavailable in a head coach. So it just didn't feel right to me. Uh, this is a very much I feel statement. These are Sandra feel statements or opinions. But I'm just kind of like, if you have this many um, string of, of positives or cases and sort of reacting to this as if it's not a bit of an, it's not an outbreak, it's, it's a little bit, it felt a bit irresponsible to me. I just didn't feel good about it. I was like, I don't know if this match should be played, but I'm not the one that makes those decisions. Um, I know there's a number of factors I'm sure that go into that come into play in making this out. And I think obviously the, the level of the game probably had something to do with it. Lisa, you know, the fact that this was one of the game determining games that was maybe going to settle some things out in terms of the semifinalists, um, for challenge cup is, is ultimately why, why it got played. But when we're looking at, the personnel available for this match kind of diving back into the soccer aspect of it. We're looking at the starting lineups that get put out in this match and you're looking at the, thor- I mean, at least for me, I'm looking at the thorns and I'm like, wow, that's still a pretty damn amazing yeah. starting lineup to have a little bit of showing off of the depth here. I agree. The fact that there were so many players under COVID protocol, the head coach being under COVID protocol. Uh, now, yes, I think you could argue that it was still a group stage game in the Challenge Cup. It did have a lot of implications on it for Portland Thorns, but can this be rescheduled? Like, no, clearly no, and it didn't. It's giving me last year in the MLF, MLS Cup Conference Finals, <laughs> Philadelphia Union. They played against New York City FC wow. and Union was out. Andre Blake, like five or six of their starters, their entire defensive unit was oh. out due to COVID protocol. Yeah. They didn't reschedule the MLS Cup Conference Finals and the Union lost that match. So I'm not still bitter about it. Yes, I am. <laughs> of course I am. Because when you're losing half your team and, and it's a conference final, Oh, hello, can we reschedule this? However, for Portland, yeah. going up against uh, this team in Angel City FC, yeah, you're exactly right. The lineup for Portland was still incredibly impressive. They still had yeah. a lot of really, really influential players on the pitch getting starts that can do things. Rocky Rodriguez, Kelly Hubley, Emily Menges, Klingenberg, Pogarsh. They had at least like their defensive unit was yeah. Mengus, Hubley, Rodriguez, Klingenberg, players that have consistently been in that back line. However, under Reen Wilkinson, we've seen a three-back for Portland throughout this Challenge Cup, throughout the preseason. They switched to a four-back in this match, probably yeah. due to personnel and what was happening in this match. Um, and then also not having your head coach. So Mike Norris, the acting head coach, he's been with the Thorns. He was, has been with the Canadian women's national team. Um, just a, a lot of different moving parts in this match, especially for Portland, Janine Becky, the Canadian international back in the NWSL, getting her first minute with Portland thorns, but Portland looked lifeless a little bit throughout this match. And angel city came out a little bit more energy, a little bit more fire. in them. 
Time um, to talk about it, right? We got to talk about it. Angel City coming out here, the last match day for them, Challenge Cup, and going out there and picking up their first franchise win and doing it by playing spoiler a little bit. Portland Thorns, let's talk about some other things that were at stake in this one. Portland Thorns coming into this one at the very last game of Challenge Cup group stage. At this point, five other matches have taken place. Certain spots have been clinched for the semifinals. And for Portland, coming out of the West, they needed to get a win or a draw. They needed to result in this match in order to get a spot in the semifinals. Otherwise, Washington Spirit were going to sneak into that back door as the top number two seed. And they were unable to get the job done because we had Los Angeles running with the Angels, baby, getting their first win. Kristen Press getting her first NWSL goal. Did you think this is how it would happen? Angels getting their first win. Over Portland Thorns 2021 NWSL Challenge Cup Listen. champions with a penalty kick by Kristen Press. No, not at you, all. Couldn't, you couldn't have scripted Not this. at all. This is exactly, and this is why I'm hype right now. I promise it's not just the caffeine in me <laughs> this morning because I'm still thinking about it. And I'm like, this, there was no way anybody had this written out. This is how, like, everyone, you know, you think you're suppressing, you're like, oh, she's going to like reintroduce herself to this league with a, you know, a wild golazo because, you know, that's what Kristen Press does. You know, this is a player who can, who can bite you on the inside of the box, who can who can create her own space and movement and, and snipe you on the outside of the box from distance, you know? But we're talking about a, a, a match with certain stakes in it for one team. And then the host, the Cali host here, getting a penalty, which we should maybe talk about a little bit because this was yeah. kind of funny on, on the feet of this one. Kristen Press winning the penalty and then taking the penalty. Rocky Rodriguez making a choice. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. It there was, was a, It was a tackle. It was a penalty. It, was, early, a, it was a pretty, pretty clear pretty clear penalty for me quite yeah. honestly I, I was like you know, it was funny to see the reaction though she was like what and she was behind me uh, what, what happened I'm like come on that, that was come a on, Rocky you that was a big day there uh, but it was you know to see you know Kristen Press got down for the penalty got up took it slotted it away Heck yeah and you just I think also the time the, the other thing about this was the timing in which this penalty took place, right? You're talking first half, mm-hmm. ha- half hour mark of the game. That's a lot of game left. Oh, yeah. You know, so you're just wondering, like, there's a lot of time here and anything can happen. So I want to talk about that because I was incredibly impressed with how Angel City was able to keep the ball, move the ball. Yeah. This was the best we've ever seen Angel oh, City game. play. I- I mean, we haven't seen that many games from them, what, six games? But yeah. this was by far the best. Um, Simone Charlie getting the start up top. We, we've had a lot of conversations about Savannah McCaskill and June Endo in the midfield because yeah. they are both central attacking midfielders. How do you play with both of them when Endo is out on the width? Do you lose a lot of the special skill that Endo has? I think that it worked really well with June Endo playing a little bit higher in that striker position for Angel City with Savannah McCaskill sitting underneath of her. They had a good combination play. It just took a little bit for that rhythm to come between Endo and McCaskill. And we saw it on Sunday against Portland for Angel City. The entire Portland, or excuse me, the entire Angel City team was moving the ball. They were getting their heads up. They 
were finding the pockets that Portland was leaving open, popping into those pockets, being able to keep possession of the ball. And it was really fun to watch them do that. They, they made Portland look silly in their defending because they had to defend for a moment. And there were really good spells of possession from Angel City that makes me really excited yeah. about the future for this Angel City team and, and what they can do. Um, I think Simone Charlie had a good game. There was definitely moments where mentally she turned off a little bit and you can see that when you watch her but overall a, a good game from her I think they can lean on her a lot as, yeah. as that wide winger player to provide and, and send services in and Kristen Press holy cow yeah. the ball she, I'm, I'm sad it wasn't like a bullet rocket galazzo yeah. shot as you mentioned but it was a definitive I, moment like she'll take a PK <laughs> just a definitive moment like boom here I am enough I I think we have to take a note on this match with talking about Angel City. Was it their best match so far of, of this tournament? I'm in, I'm yes. in agreement of that statement. Yeah, yeah you, you, it sounds like you're in agreement of that statement as well. I'm, I have to like look back. We're talking about some of these individual players and we're noting you know, someone like a, a Junendo or Kristen Press or, or some Mo Charlie. And I'm also you know, looking at somebody like a Savannah McCaskill. This is a game... It, this 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 team had such a good game because we have to to take note of that we have to take note of the fact yeah. that maybe this this franchise had their first win in such a good game because they had the personnel available to play in this game we have to take note of that i mean that has also been a struggle for this team as they have been taking their first steps into the league Savannah McCaskill unavailable at one point, picking up an early red card in, in early stages of group play. Kristen Press, Press unavailable, last week. unavailable last week. Simone Charlie, you know, navigating an early season injury. There are numbers of, there are moments throughout this Challenge Cup group stage where we saw Angel City just not at their maybe full strength and that maybe came into play. And then seeing this type of game, I just was like, God, they're playing so well. And I loved, loved, loved like When I saw the starting 11 drop and when I saw them line up, I was like, yes, Charlie, Endo, Press, front attacking line, give it to me, play it endlessly on repeat. I love this song. I hope we get to see it some more throughout the regular season because, quite frankly, towards the latter end of this game, an, an unfortunate moment in the match, Charlie picking up a knock. The body language on the stream did not look positive. She looked like she was, uh, you know, very much in pain and uh, a little bit unhappy that uh, she unfortunately picked up that knock and had to come off and be subbed out. Late stage in the game, we're talking maybe – uh, you know, a few minutes just left in regulation. So I hopefully, uh, Charlie, uh, it's just one of those things where it just maybe looked more painful or felt more painful in the moment. And it's not something that is going to be, you know, lingering for her in the regular season. So we'll see what happens. Unfortunately, this one ends 1-0. Uh, thought maybe there might have been another goal there for Angel City, but it was ruled off, unfortunately. And uh, Portland Thorns, Going to be unable to defend their Challenge Cup title, the winners in 2021, and now kind of focus on the regular season moving forward. Fun match to close out group stage of the Challenge Cup. But we've got a couple more matches to share a couple more thoughts, and we're going to do that right after a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. We got to talk about some final matches here in the group stage of Challenge Cup. Got to talk about the draw dance in this one. We had several draws take place throughout final match day of the group stage for Challenge Cup again, which also came into play uh, for the results of the semifinalists not being determined until that final uh, final match on Sunday evening. But I want to start with North Carolina Courage versus the Washington spirit because listen we're talking about predictions that we made i think i had this one as a draw lisa right uh let me double check i'm sorry yes you had a draw so i had a draw on this one i had north carolina winning this one it was identical scoreline to the last time these two teams (laughs) played two two Listen, uh was curious how this one was going to play out. I'm glad that we got another sort of high kind of, you know, octane type of match in terms of the uh, double scoreline. Four goals in this one, splitting it 2-2, like you said. Uh, you know what, Lisa? I'm very impressed by these two teams out of the East. They've had a very impressive Challenge Cup, and uh, we're both going to get to see them in in the semifinals now. So I am- how the results should go. I am so impressed with these two teams in this East East region, and I'm really happy that both of them get to go through to the semifinals because I think it's well-deserved from both of these sides. Um, If we had O.L. Reign and Portland going through to the semifinal, I would have been fine with it. They they had a good, strong challenge cup, but I am way happier that it's North Carolina and Washington. Again, I have no affiliation with either of these sides, but I, I think that the overall play that we have seen throughout the Challenge Cup from North Carolina, who started so strong, almost this dark horse in the Challenge Cup, and continued that pressure, continued to score goals, continued to be a threat and a presence throughout this Challenge Cup, and a team like Washington Spirit that maybe didn't get off to the strongest start in their opening Challenge Cup games. However, they turned it on quickly, and and their progression over the last few weeks was incredibly high. They have the steepest climb in their progression and how well they've done from their first game up until this last group stage game against North Carolina Courage. Um, You mentioned the goals that happened, uh, four goals in this game, two, two, uh, three penalty kicks called in this match. This was the weekend of penalty kicks. We have to talk about it. Only two of them being buried in this match. Dabinia gets the first one for North Carolina. Dabinia gets a second one that is saved by Kingsbury, Washington spirit goalkeeper. Fantastic job from her. You get past her once. For you, you get past her twice. Shame on Kingsbury. She didn't let that happen. Then a penalty kick awarded to Ashley Hatch. She gets that one buried for the equalizer for Washington Spirit in the 75th minute. But this game was 
very complete, I'm going to say, because Ashley Hatch scoring the opening goal in the 15th yeah. minute, this was a good goal by Ashley Hatch. I, I was happy to see her get two goals in this game, honestly, because uh, that's what I want to see from Ashley Hatch, who's gotten time with the national team, who needs to be that striker that other teams fear. So she gets the opening goal. Um, then North Carolina able to get the penalty kick right in the stoppage time of the first half. And then Berkeley getting the 52nd minute goal. It looked like to be the game winner for North Carolina Courage for a while in this match as yeah. Ashley Hatch didn't get the second penalty kick until the 75th minute. But this was really such a good game, such a really, really fun game to watch. Caroline Dabinha, holy cow, this duo of the Brazilian internationals for North Carolina. I'm very yeah. excited to see what kind of chaos they can cause in the NWSL. Look, listen, we got we got to talk about it. I Caroline getting her first Challenge Cup start did not disappoint Mm -hmm. listen we can call it hype or or not but i'm i'm on the i've i've been hyped about this play i remember when they announced her signing yeah in the off season you don't know what to anticipate because you're talking about a a young player b a young international player and you hear about sometimes the transition, you know, coming from one style of play or from one type of league into a new into a new league, right? And with NWSL, a lot of it is, you know, you talk about how it's a very much a transitional league. You hear a lot about, you know, for some players wanting to adapt to, uh, you know, the, the pace of the league, the the physicality of the league, and watching Caroline go out there and do her biz, take care of her business, handle it. It was such a joy. For me personally, to watch, she is 100% going to be a problem on the pitch, and I am here for it 100%. What a way to close out that first half, quite frankly. Just get just relentless on the ball and then winning this penalty kick in the box. The Vina getting up to, to step up, slotted away. Loving the Samba goal, Selly, afterwards. It was delightful. More of it put it on you know repeat for me again another one of my favorite songs I loved it uh but I think with that moment and then having the courage go ahead on this Berkeley banger just after uh just into the second half they had an opportunity to extend this lead Lisa you had again you had Caroline doing handling the business getting another penalty kick forcing a foul in the box but then you had Dabinia get up and step up and take this penalty kick again. And Kingsbury making the save in this one. Yes, absolutely. But a little bit of a questionable penalty, yeah. I think, for me, for somebody like Dabinia. Maybe it was because she got asked to take it again. Again, we're unclear how, you know, the game day decisions are there. Maybe you have the scenario where you're like, okay, if we get a penalty kick, Davinia is going to be the one who takes it. Is there a scenario in which, yeah, is there a scenario in which the coaches are like, uh, if we get a second one, here's what we're going to do. Like that doesn't often happen in NWSL, right? And in this match, there were three penalty kick opportunities in this one. You know, for you know, got two for for Carolina, then and then one with 
with Hatch. So I'm just kind of like, uh, this is this is a little bit uh, galaxy for, for me. But it happened, and, and unfortunately, we're unable to extend that league. At that point, it would have been 3-1, but it ends up shaking out 3-2, or 2-2, excuse me. However, Caroline could have had another goal in the opening oh, minutes of gosh. this match. She ricochets one off the woodwork. It, this player is yeah. so fun to watch. We we talked about it in the Houston-Louisville match, that defensive errors and then capitalization. We saw that in this match. The opening goal from Ashley Hatch, it was a defensive error in the back by North Carolina trying to build out and having Ashley Hatch be that really high counter-press player for Washington Spirit. She's able to pick off the pass and and really, really great decision by Hatch to just bury this shot right after she picks it off. And then even the Berkeley shot for North Carolina coming in the second half, it was a defensive error from Washington Spirit yeah. trying to play out of the back. Berkeley picks it up and she makes no mistake about it. She gets her head up and it's a beautiful shot. So the defensive errors are, are honestly what one of my biggest takeaways from this weekend and based on all of the penalty kicks, three of them called in this match, I think six over the entire weekend, yep. six games, six of them called. Um, so those are things that I, I want every single team to tighten up defensively, not causing penalty kicks uh, unless it's necessary. Right. But uh, were a major accident, but some of these that we saw the Rocky Rodriguez penalty kick that she pulled against Portland or against Kristen press. Like that was not necessary. That was not necessary to happen. So those are things that I really want tightened up heading into the regular season across the board for all teams. I'm with you hundred percent. Let's stay in the East for a second, Lisa. Let's talk about Orlando pride versus New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC, New Jersey, New York, the hosts in this one shakes out to a one, one draw. Again, we're talking about the draw dance in this one, but Orlando pride getting on the board first in this one early 10 minute goal from Gunny Johnsider. Shout out to Johnsider, who we had as a guest on attacking third, not too long ago. Go check out the interview that we had with her ahead of this match. Delightful to see her getting on the scoreline. I don't know. I'm going to start it. I'm going to start it. I'm going to start it. Lisa starting the myth. I'm starting the myth. Oh, um, I'm here for this. Listen, if you come on Attack It There and you get an interview, you're going to get a goal. You're going to score. You're, you're going to score. As soon as she scored, I was like, yes, we yes. got the mojo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that energy. I love it so much. Listen, off a set piece, delightful goal, opening goal to, to happen in this one. I think Again, this was a game and two teams that we had highlighted in our preview that there were a number of games this weekend from from teams that were going to be participating in it that we knew didn't necessarily have the stake of advancing into a semifinal. But that didn't mean that we didn't want to see some strong finishes from certain teams. And I think for a team like Orlando Pride, again, just thinking a little bit back about the interview that we had with with John's daughter was it really was about that. It's about mm -hmm. kind of looking ahead as much as you can, because the things that have happened to your team are things that are kind of out of your control. And the things that you can control are, are on the pitch, right? Losing big players like Marta, Sydney LaRue navigating injury, uh, Aaron McLeod having to navigate some injury. They, they got, they had to shake up and make some adjustments, right? Especially in, in a, in a position like goalkeeper and losing somebody, um, like like Aaron McLeod, but we're watching this match take place and you're you're taking note. Kaylee Co Collins getting the start in net for Orlando Pride, having 
a good game in this one, kind of holding it down, locking things down there, uh, you know, in that with the with the back line, you know, and kind of getting adjusted to things. But we're talking about going from one game, talking about penalties, going into another game that had another one for you know we, for New Jersey getting the equalizer in this one, thanks to Christy Mewis, yeah, putting away a penalty. I agree. I mean, this game was. I wasn't surprised, honestly, that we got this draw in this. I had a draw coming into this one. You had Gotham winning this match. Those were our predictions. Um, But this was a rough game for Gotham. Another tough one. Yeah. This was a a rough game. Like, I'm not impressed with what I'm seeing from Gotham. I'm not impressed. I think in the preview, we said we wanted a good 90-minute performance. We we did not get that. We didn't get it again. We did not get that. Come on, Gotham. Are you listening? (laughs) Because... We're telling you what to do here. We're probably like, yeah, we're listening. Shut up. <laughs> this, I mean, honestly, I want to know what they're working on in training. Not that it's not working by any means, but they just need a little bit more. Like they need a shock before the game to get that fire under them, to be able to play and compete for 90 minutes. They couldn't possess the ball. They kept giving it away. They were stringing two, three passes together before it was a giveaway or a sloppy pass or a hospital ball that Orlando was able to pick off and and then go into the attack. You're right, though. uh, Tony Presley, she fouls Ifyoman Amanu and and draws the penalty kick, and Christy Mewis buries it. So that's great, right? You have a penalty kick taker, but Christy Mewis isn't giving enough in the midfield for Gotham. She's not being that player that is changing the game for Gotham. And that's what they, that's why they drafted her. That's why they are, they traded for Christy Mewis. They need her to be that player. And frankly, she's not doing it. They're falling flat. I'm not surprised at the outcome of this game. No, it it shouldn't be shocking at this point because we've had, what five other games to take a look at from, from Gotham. I mean, when we, when we previewed, this final match week and we saw this matchup we said Gotham has to show something and quite frankly they just didn't and then when we're looking back into further you know recaps or previews of challenge cup I mean my goodness when we when we did our our challenge cup preview just jumping into this tournament had Gotham picked as as a team to maybe come out and win the east that did not happen so there's just some disconnect that's happening here. And yeah, you could talk about, you know, oh, like uh, you had somebody like Mitch Pert or Margaret Purse unavailable for, for this match. And you hear in post game, you know, from head coach Scott Parkinson that, you know, oh, if this was a regular season match, this was maybe a game that Purse would have started. Okay. But that doesn't, you know, necessarily remove the, the prior results that have already happened in challenge cup. There has just, there's been a disconnect. And there's not one thing I think that you can maybe point your finger on when mm-hmm. looking at Gotham and some of their performances in, in this one. So we're looking at the East and we talked about that as well in the power rankings a little bit, Lisa. We talked about in the East how there's this weird argument of like, oh, you have to look at the level of competition in, in some of these in some of these yeah. groups. And the East is just like really, really hard. And I would say that that you maybe echo that for uh, a, a region like the West Division. Yes, yes. No, like, I, I don't like that argument. I honestly, I'm not. I don't. I don't agree with that. You're talking. You're talking about. You're talking about the West having two expansion sides in it, and then you're talking about the East that have 
definitive franchises in it. But when you're looking at Gotham and when you're looking at Orlando, they did not have good challenge cups. So you're talking about a, a group that had two teams that were kind of the heavyweights. And then you're having, then you have Orlando and then you have Gotham who have, who have obviously struggled a bit. Mm -hmm. So this isn't uh again, this is not, this isn't something that you can maybe look at and say like, where, like point your finger at and say, this is the problem and this is the area that they, they, they got to do. So it's just, um, it's concerning. I'm not going to act like it's, it's not, I, I think there's that level where people look at challenge cup still kind of unsure on how to take it. But I think what we're seeing out of challenge cup is at the very least, we're seeing the beginning stages of teams and their identities. Yes. And we're seeing the beginning stages of what these teams want to present to their opposition. And we did not see that in this Challenge Cup during Gotham FC, a team that I think a lot of folks were looking at to build off of what they did last year. And they have come out pretty flat in the Challenge Cup. So now they have to look ahead to the regular season. And we'll see what happens. But if it's a con if this is the continuity that we're going to see from Gotham, it's going to be a long, long season for this franchise. It's going to be really long. We just need a little bit more from Gotham. But overall, a 1-1 draw with Orlando Pride to close out Challenge Cup play. I think Orlando's happy with this, getting on the board first yeah. um, and, and then conceding the penalty kick in the stoppage time of the first half. Just defensive errors that... Orlando needs to clean up, but otherwise Amanda Cromwell should be pretty happy scoring first against a team like Gotham for Orlando getting a goal in this match or yeah, in this match and, and tying one, one, not bad, not a bad look for Orlando. We'll see how they shake out during the regular season. Cause now they got to look ahead final match though, with this one. And another one that didn't have uh, wasn't without some drama. We got to talk about San Diego wave FC versus Oil rain, and uh, we got to do our best to try to talk about it, Lisa, because quite frankly, um, just like so many others, there was about 20 minutes of this game that we were unable to view. Um, there were technical difficulties that took place, and there were there was a debut goal from Ali Watt that nearly everybody <laughs> missed, but thankfully there is some footage out there now of it not the best but uh we could see Ellie Watt getting a goal uh tough I I hate that we have to come on here and start off talking about this game by talking about a bad production of it yes uh, honestly it pains me a little bit to to say that because it's true that's what happened I mean watching the game at first I have some spotty internet sometimes in my apartment and I was yeah. like what's happening and you then, think it's you <laughs> yeah you always think it's you it's not you it's me kind of situation and that's not what it was and, and I've yeah. I've heard and I've read that at this stadium for San Diego they've had broadcast issues in the past based on where the cameras are the electrical lines and, and how they run um for behind the scenes for people, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but production crews get to stadiums five hours before a match starts, six yeah. hours before they're supposed to go on air, which is about an hour before. Usually they have everything done by an hour before. So I can assure you that everything was fine yeah. before the game and everything was fine leading up to it. Even in the first 
five minutes, it was fine. And that's when the cameras cut out and something happened, technical difficulties that happened. You do have to give a shout out to the people, uh, women kick balls. I was following because I didn't know what was happening and we miss an opening goal. It's, it's a shame for those that don't know the broadcasters on that game. We're not in the stadium. So it's not like we, they could just show you a blank picture and you could still hear the broadcast. They were not on site. They are also calling games off of the same camera angles that you see at home. Um, it, it's difficult as a broadcaster to do that, but so they have no insight. Mike Watts, the commentator, did a fantastic job on that game. Once they came back on air, being just saying, we're sorry for the technical difficulties. He's still trying to figure out what happened. He can't go off of what people are tweeting. You need direct confirmation from the league, from the teams to say exactly what happened, who scored the goal, kind of how that all went down. But it's a shame. It's a disappointment and it's a shame. You know, you know, it's a bad night on the league's production side of things when they have to, you know, when their social admin has to go out and retweet footage from, you know, a different account. Shout out to the Diaspora podcast for having some footage of that. And you have the league, (laughs) you have the league socials also amplifying, uh, you know, their, their tweets and their footage of it. It's, um, again, it's, it's frustrating to even have to hop on this live with you and have all our listeners here. And this is what we have to talk about to start off this game. And it made it, it made it hard to sort of maybe watch the remainder of this game. Um, and even try to like, there, there was a a penalty moment in, in this game as well. Tough to sort of see, the, the call in the action, I believe it was a handball that was called. That was, I think, kind of questionable with the angles of it that we were given and that we were able to see just kind of look like a bad, just a tough call, just a really tough call. I just didn't think it was uh, an unnatural position in terms of uh, the handball and, and everything. But, you know, it, it led to the opportunity, you know, for Oral Rain. And then we, we had a match that ended up closing out as a draw 1-1. I think holistically talking about things, we know what we know coming out of this match now, Lisa, is that Oil Rain going to be in the semifinals. Yeah. And San Diego Wave, one of these teams, I think, again, closing out their competition, their their tournament with a strong performance. Yeah. I think that they have had some really good bright spots throughout the Challenge Cup. Maybe they don't have all the wins and the goals and, and, and everything like that, but you can see within some of these individual performances from this wave side and, and some of the, the, the tactics that, that Casey Stoney is rolling out with them, you can see the buy-in and uh, I've, I've appreciated what we've seen. I'm, I'm curious as to what this team is going to look like in a, in a long grind of a regular season. I I agree. I mean, the goal coming from Alex Morgan, the third stoppage time first half penalty kick that we had this weekend and and she buries it but uh, the growth from San Diego we saw a lot of growth from the expansion side this weekend best weekend in the challenge cup for Angel City and for San Diego a lot of improvements coming um the fight that they gave to OL Reign even the on-field battles between Kelsey Turnbo and Jess Fishlock like that rivalry is really good. That's so good to have uh, yelling at each other and, and things like that. Honestly, I love that. That's that's what this is all about. 
to be honest. Um, I, I have high hopes for San Diego moving forward, Angel City as well. I think the way that this Challenge Cup group stage ended is on a really big positive for a lot of these teams, San Diego, Angel City, O.L. Reign, um, North Carolina, Washington, just really, really nice job from these squads heading into the semifinals of the NWSL Challenge Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I think this was a game, despite the early technical difficulties, that you're taking a look at and, and you're trying to still find those potential bright spots, I think, for a team like San Diego. And then for Oral Reign, you're looking for the areas in which uh, they have their strengths, right? And how you're going to continue to capitalize on those. But for whatever reason in this match, whether it was part of the partially the large chunk of technical difficulties on the stream. And then later down the line into the match, unfortunately not really seen that we saw some tough moments in terms of some, you know, moments in the match kind of getting chippy, some, some tough fouls and um, some unfortunate moments on the pitch. It kind of maybe led to some boiling blood, you know, into, oh, yeah. you know, into the final minutes of the game. I mean, we saw Bethany, well, we did, we didn't really see Bethany Balser because this was part of the moment that uh, was, was not on, on the stream, but Bethany Balser had to come out of this game due to a tough challenge. There was uh, a very, kind of I think I would almost venture to say rare moment we don't often see this from somebody uh like Kaylin Sheridan but off her line out of out of the box yeah. and then uh, this collision this Rarely challenge not. between Sheridan and Balser and of that obviously you know labored for Balser throughout throughout the match and eventually they had to use an early sub for for this so I, I'm sure we'll get an update further down the line because this again, this is a team that's that punched their ticket to the semifinals. So we'll see Balser's availability uh further further down when we get closer to the semifinals. Um, but yeah, just just a very very strange, very weird energy around this game for a number of reasons. Yeah, Absolutely. honestly, I we I, I like that you called that out because the Sheridan slide that happened while we were off air. So you can find that on social media, honestly, on Twitter. But Sheridan trying to play the ball out of the back and, and miss hitting it, it's going to Balser and then Sheridan sliding into Balser, a rough tackle. There was no foul called, and that's how Allie Watt got her first NWSL goal and the opening goal for OL Reign in this match. Um, but yeah, it was a mistake by Sheridan. Then I saw some people talking about the wetness of the ground. I'm not sure the conditions in San Diego that night or the field conditions because I couldn't see it due to the technical difficulties. But um, we uh, we wanted to talk about it and we wanted to address it because these things happen. It looked like it was an on-site issue. I'm not sure. I'm just speculating here. I wasn't there and I wasn't involved in the broadcast this weekend. But um, they're, they're trying and we wanted to address it. So... We'll give you the info that we have and our knowledge on the situation when we have it. Teams moving on. North Carolina Courage, All Rain, Kansas City Current, Washington Spirit. Kansas City versus North Carolina. And then you're going to have Spirit versus, uh, excuse me, Kansas City Courage versus uh, OL Rain, and then you're going to have NC Courage versus Washington Spirit. All the matches are going to be taking place on May 4th. Now, for folks who don't know this, the regular season will be kicking off while Challenge Cup semifinals continue. You've got some issues here that we got to close out with, though, Lisa. Again, I hate that we're closing out the episode talking about complications, but 
you have seeded semifinalist Rain with the opportunity to host, but won't be able to host a semifinal at Lumen Field. The uh, Sounders have a CONCACAF Champions League match on May 4th. And Audi Field, for the spirit, are unable to host because there is a Project Play Summit event that is going to be held by the Aspen Institute. So we know now that this semifinal will actually be played at Segra Field. So some interesting things already shaking out here for these semifinals on May 4th. Yeah, kind of how this is is unfolding. OL Reign being the number one seed, they are supposed to host. And because they can't, it then goes to their competition, the number four seed in Washington Spirit. They can't even host at Audi Field. And Segra Field has had some issues. It, last year, a game just a few days before between Houston and Washington Spirit, supposed to be played at Segra, gets moved to Houston because Segra wasn't up to it. Now, they also talked about Lumen Field, or excuse me, um, the other field for OL Reign being played, but because it's a baseball stadium and now it's in the NWSL CBA that teams can't play at a baseball stadium, that OL Reign lose their home field advantage for this first Challenge Cup semifinal match. And they'll travel to the East Coast. Luckily, though, regular season starts. They play Washington Spirit in the regular season. Hopefully, OL Reign just stays on the East Coast. They don't travel. They find a good hotel to stay in, some good food to eat, good field to practice on. And then they continue their Challenge Cup play in D.C. It's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on, pay attention to, see what happens. Listen, we're also going to have to pay attention to the regular season because there's going to be some things that we're talking about in terms of preparing for that and then keeping an eye on semifinals and how the Challenge Cup will close out. Because after May 4th, we will have two finalists that will be going head to head on May 7th. You can catch the Challenge Cup final on May 7th on CBS. We're going to try to keep everybody as informed as we can leading up to these matches. We went long today, but we had to re- recap everything for everybody. We had to share thoughts, opinions, and There's feelings. There's a lot happening. There's and a lot feelings. happening. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when you love something, you just have a lot of feelings about it. And we had it done. We do love us some NWSL here on Attacking Third. Everybody, thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to Attacking Third. You can follow us on Twitter and now on TikTok and Instagram at Attacking Third for so much more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. If you have any questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question, and Lisa and I will answer it as part of a mailbag segment. So questions that you want answered, you got to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and that's how you're going to get it answered. We're going to be back on Wednesday with power rankings. And as NWSL continues to start their regular season next week, we'll have so much more for you. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 